Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. Scripture reading this evening will be coming from Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. This passage is titled, A Father's Wise Instruction. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive, that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts, do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in my sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget, and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Well, good evening, everyone. It is a, a blessing to be here. I want to welcome all of our area-wide folks to our area-wide Devo, or as some people undoubtedly call it, and i got to find another seat to sit in tonight. Um, got tons of people here, and it's, uh, and it's great to have you. Um, I, uh, I appreciate the, uh, the area-wide um, folks with uh, you know, the, the youth ministers and the, and the youth workers uh, for selecting our theme for the area-wide series this year, Arise, uh, leading by the book. Um, it is based on a book written by someone that tried to be an author, and uh, ended up uh, being allowed to have a book out there in the wild, and it's been really cool for that person, I'm sure. Um, but the, the idea is, you know, there will always be a need for leadership, um, no matter where we go, uh, and especially in, in, our, in our young people. Um, I am obviously passionate about our youth and certainly passionate about developing the spiritual potential uh, that they have and the leadership potential that they have that uh, no matter where they find themselves, like I said, there are going to be opportunities and need and a need for leadership. And um, so the idea is, you know, taking several qualities of leadership and, and looking through the scriptures at examples um, of those that have, that have modeled those, those qualities. And tonight we're going to be discussing the, the wisdom of Abigail. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, for our West Huntsville folks, our fall series this year has been wisdom about insert a topic. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking about wisdom about wisdom, if you will. Um, so we're going to get into that. And I appreciate, I, I appreciate our, uh, our worship leaders tonight helping to set, the, set our minds right for that. So Mark Twain, Mark Twain said, good decisions come from experience. And experience comes from making bad decisions. Right. Um, put another way, uh, Terry Pratchett put it this way, wisdom comes from experience, and experience is often a result of a lack of wisdom. <laughs> right? So one of the things that, that I, that I want to get into tonight is, is this the only, is experience the only way to obtain wisdom? Right. And, you know, granted, I, I know, you know, the, the, the older crowd in the audience may, you know, certainly agree that, well, you, you, there is a wisdom that comes from experience. There is a wisdom that comes from just living in the world and, and, and experiencing that and things like that. But the idea 
is firsthand experience the only way for us to gain wisdom, right? I appreciate our, our scripture reading this evening. We know that Proverbs considered to be the book of wisdom, a key verse from our reading this evening, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So Solomon, writing to his son in an effort to pass down the wisdom, right, and have his son learn from him instead of having to experience things firsthand or what we might call having to learn it the hard way. Yes. You know, and we see a a great example of this is when Israel decides that they want a king. Right? They're, they're telling Samuel, give us a king, right? Give us a king so we, we can basically so that we can be like the nations around us. And God, through Samuel, says, here's what's going to happen, right? And he runs down kind of a litany of things, of, of, of consequences, if you will. Here's what's going to happen if you choose to have an earthly king, a king other than me. He's going to take your best men, he's going to take your best resources, he's going to do all of these things, right? God, in an, in an effort to impart wisdom without them having to learn it the hard way, but unfortunately their response was basically, we don't care, give us a king, right? And Samuel is very upset about that, and God says, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me, they're rejecting my wisdom. So there is a way for us to gain wisdom without having to experience it firsthand, without having to experience it, quote-unquote, the hard way, right? And that has to be true. If 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, which reads, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work, if that's true, then it is possible to get wisdom without having to just go about reacting to the world around us, right? God's word is going to provide all the wisdom that we need, which brings us to the idea of, of looking to the scriptures and following, following these various examples, right? Previous, you know, previous lessons you know, in our series have been you know, looking at you know, the integrity of Boaz or the courage of Joshua or, or the patience of Joseph, right? So looking tonight at the, at the wisdom of Abigail, but what is... We have to define the terms, right? We have to, you know, make sure that we have a handle on exactly what is wisdom. Is it just the acquisition of knowledge? Is wisdom just knowing things? Well, put it this way. Um, this, is not, this is not an original quote, but it, I, I think it fits. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad, right? Right? Does it make sense? Right? Yeah, you can, know, you can know a lot of stuff. You can know a lot of stuff. But are we able to apply all of that knowledge to the things that are coming at us? So wisdom, wisdom kind of goes like this. It's the ability to see how a particular course of action is going to ultimately play out to the most likely or the most logical end. Okay? It's basically being able to see the future. Right? And granted, yes, our, our lived experience certainly informs that, okay? But we have example after example after example. Solomon writing to his son, God speaking through Samuel. All of these examples of, okay, learn from the Word. Learn from the Lord who has infinite wisdom, right? And follow the examples. So go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel 25. That's where we're going to spend uh, our time this evening. And we're going to, uh, we're going to look at, at three different people, David, and Nabal, 
and Abigail. And I, and I realize we may be, you know, we may be familiar with, with, with those three people on, on various, you know, various degrees of familiarity. Okay. But at this point, <clears throat> at this point, David has been on the run from Saul, and, and this, what, what we're going to be talking about tonight, has kind of come not long after the events where David had the opportunity to take Saul's life in the cave. Okay? We, remember this, we remember the account where um, he cuts the corner of Saul's robe off in the cave. Saul leaves the cave, and David holds it up and says, I had the moment, I had the opportunity. But, you know, and his, he, he tells his man, I am not going to raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. So we remember that story because it's very vivid, right? Okay? And this kind of this comes right after that. So um, David is now in the wilderness of Paran, or Paran. And while, while in that area, he has provided protection for Nabal's workers, right? Nabal is a very, very rich man. He has uh, 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, right? And while, you know, those, while those workers and shepherds had been herding and, and looking after the flock, David and his men, which we find out later is about 600 men with him, have been providing protection, right? And, and we think about, you know, we kind of picture... Somewhat of a, you know, being out in the wilderness, being out kind of, you know, picture kind of the wild, wild west where rules and laws may not necessarily mean what they think they mean, okay? Providing protection um, was, you know, was, was a big deal. And, um, you know, David, uh, Nabal has his men, has his shearers in Carmel, which is about, a, a, say, a mile north of, of where he lives in Moan. And David sends word and says, hey, we've been taking care of your men. We have been taking care of your flocks. We have been basically taking care and protecting your interests. We would like a return on that. Okay? So Nabal, <clears throat> again, um, very, very rich. We learned that. We learned that there in the first couple of verses. Also, you can drop down real quick and look at verse 18 at all the food that Abigail was able to gather at a moment's notice. Right, okay, we see we see all of this there, and so obviously, just just kind of picture having that having that kind of you know provision just on hand speaks to the the prosperity that that Nabal enjoyed. However, right, Nabal, to put it you know commonly, was not a good dude at all. Right, he was a man of terrible reputation. Okay, verse three describes him as harsh and evil in his doings. Right? His own people, if you look down at verse 17, his own people described him. His servant said he is such a scoundrel that one cannot speak to him. And we learn from verse 25, okay, that, you know, his wife Abigail says folly is his name. His name, Nabal, literally meant fool. Okay? Now, I, I don't know a lot about Old Testament cultures. Um, I don't know a lot about family traditions in the Old Testament. I'm hoping that his mama didn't name him fool. Maybe that was a name that he earned from his actions, or maybe it really was the name that he was given and he just lived up to that name. But his name literally meant fool, right? And the way he acted and the way he, the way he was known, his reputation certainly tracked with that. But then in verse 3, we're introduced to Abigail, Right? And we're not told, we're not told a lot. We, 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 get, a, we get a pretty, you know, a pretty vivid description of Nabal. And obviously we're at this point, you know, we're very familiar with David. Okay? Because, you know, this is, this is David's story that's being recorded here at this point. 
But in verse 3, the only thing that's said about Abigail to this point is that she is a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. Now, guys, that's, that can be translated as wife material. So take note of that right there. Okay? So we're not told a lot, but we learn a great deal about her through this account in this chapter. Okay? So, again, I, when we talked about David sends word to Nabal and says, hey, we would, like, we would like a return on the protection that we have provided to your, you know, of your interests, right? There is a feast, and I'm going to send my men. Please, whatever comes to your hand, please provide for my men and send, you know, send, back, send back to me. Um, and Nabal, being Nabal, being the scoundrel that he is, um, he rejects that request completely out of hand. And that rejection, the word of that rejection gets back to David, and David is hot. Okay? He is enraged, right? And he is literally ready to go to war, right? He tells his men to strap on their sword, okay? And about 400 of his men, including him, he's ready to go. He's got 400 of his 600 men, 200 stay back, and they are ready to engage in this, in this fight, okay? And then word gets out that this is what's about to happen. And then, so Nabal's servants, Nabal's servants see David ready for war. And where do they go? They go to Abigail, right? They don't run to tell Nabal, okay? They don't go to Nabal because they know Nabal is a sorry human being. And who knows how he's going to react, okay? And it's probably only only going to make it worse, They go to Abigail because she was a woman of good understanding. She had a reputation of someone that had a cool disposition, okay? That she was, again, able to read the room, right? And was a woman of being, or, you know, had a reputation of being a sensible person. So the question is, like, okay, first, again, we're looking at these examples, and we're trying to learn from these examples as much as we can. So hopefully the question comes, man, am I I that way? Like, could I, be, could I be described, you know, if someone, if someone were describing my character, right, could I be described as someone with good understanding? Could I, am I considered someone that when things are falling apart and things are falling apart really, really quickly, am I the type of person that others might come to to ask advice because they think I'm a, a sensible person, okay? Or am I more, I mean, let's be honest, am I more like Nabal? Okay? Or am I more like David in this moment where David just emotionally reacts and in a snap decision is highly offended and ready to fight about it? Right? So, you know, if we study the Bible long enough and we continue to read, okay, we will find ourselves in, in the words of Scripture. Right? Because it, you know, it is divinely inspired and it is the story that God has revealed to us. Okay? But it's, it's very human in a sense as well. We read that and we see these human interactions and we see ourselves there. And we have to ask ourselves, okay, do I see myself in David here? Do I see myself in Nabal, who I'm just, I'm just going to do what I want regardless of what other people have done? Okay? Or do I see myself in Abigail trying to be someone to make reasonable and sensible decisions? Okay? So let's look and let's notice, let's glean what we can from the example and the wisdom of Abigail. Look at verse 18 there. First, first we see that she acts immediately. Read verse 18 with me. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, 
five sheep already dressed, five seas of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Right? So again, we see like, it had to be, had to be pretty well to do to be able to just put all that together. But she made haste. Okay? Now, it's easy for us to think, and it's not necessarily wrong, okay, that wisdom and patience are partners. Right? And we should always temper our decisions with patience. It is the wise thing to do to make sure that we have collected all the relevant information that we can before we make a decision. Right? That's one of the things where, you know, like if I have to make, uh, if I have to make a decision at school, um, and there's a, you know, there's a situation that, that are we going to do this? Or are we going to do this? Or this has happened. What's the response going to be and things like that? You know, I, I will tell, I will tell my parent volunteers, you know, my band booster people and, you know, and all that stuff. Give me all the information that I need, please. Give me all the relevant data so that I can make the most informed decision possible. Okay. Please don't ask me, don't come to me and say, well, what should we do about this? And then I begin to give an answer. And then respond to the answer, yeah, but what about this, 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 this? Nope, I want all the relevant data up front, okay? So it is wise to have all of that and to wait on that. But at the same time, when we see something that we know is unwise, especially that is going to result in the detriment of someone around us, someone close to us, we cannot be hesitant to act when we know it's the right thing. Right? So Abigail makes haste. Okay? So, you know, being able to know that this is not going to end well, I need to get involved before it, before it escalates to a point where there's no good that's going to come from it. Okay? Now, let's keep reading. Pick up with me in, um, in verse 19. Okay? And she said to her servants, Go on before me. See, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. Discretion. Discretion is a valuable asset. I have a list on my phone of what I call superpowers because I'm a Superman nerd, right? But there are, there are things that I consider like common, everyday, human superpowers, right? Like self-awareness, common sense, discretion, okay? Discretion. She knew what she was doing by not conferring with Nabal, Right? Even though Nabal was her husband, Nabal was part of the problem. But she's got David, okay, coming in hot with 400 men, and something had to be done, right? Discretion about how we act, how we react to things, is a huge, huge factor in our ability to apply the knowledge and act wisely, right? Verse 20. So it was, as she rode on the donkey, that she went down under cover of the hill, and there were David and his men coming down toward her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him, and he has repaid me evil for good. May God do so, and more also to the enemies of David, if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. Again, David's mad. David is highly offended, and he is going to exact his revenge for being just completely dismissed and having his request rejected. Notice how Abigail approaches the situation, okay? Now Abigail, I'm sorry, now when, this is verse 23, now when Abigail saw David, 
she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David, and bowed down to the ground. There is, it is a volatile situation that Abigail is inserting herself into, right? And how does she do it? With humility, okay? Wisdom is not about appearing and making yourself look smarter than everyone around you, okay? She goes, she falls on her face before David, she presents herself humbly, and we begin to learn and begin to realize that wisdom with humility is a powerful combination, okay? She knows even, you know, she's making haste and she's in a hurry, she's trying to diffuse this situation, okay? But if she comes in hot and David's hot and everybody's just, you know, emotional, like it's only going to exacerbate the problem, Okay? So she knows what she's getting into. She inserts herself, you know, on behalf of David. And we're going to see that in a little bit, okay? But humbly, okay? Wisdom is not about lording it over other people, right? Wisdom is not about presenting yourself as I am the guru on the mountaintop and everyone must trek to me so that I can impart all of my knowledge and all of my wisdom, right? It's about knowing how things are going to play out and then helping people to make the right decision. Sometimes, sometimes the reaction and that, 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 that confrontation needs to be bold, right? And sometimes, sometimes it needs to be approached very delicately and very humbly. And then notice what she does as we talked about what wisdom, wisdom is seeing into the future, okay? Let's begin in verse 28. <clears throat> Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant. This is, this is Abigail. This is Abigail talking. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant. For the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord. And evil is not found in you throughout your days. Yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life, but the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. And the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you ruler over Israel, that this will be no grief to you nor offense of heart to my Lord, either that you have shed blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when the Lord has dealt with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. She is looking into the future and telling David how this is going to play out if you proceed down this road, okay? And telling him, this is not going to end well for you, right? And again, that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is being able to see how, see how a course of action is going to eventually play out. She's reminding him that this is not who he is. That I know in this moment, okay, I know in this moment you're offended, you're angry, you're ready to go to war, and you're ready to right this wrong. And man, we have all felt that in some way, shape, or form. And we want to react quickly, and we want to react severely, and we want justice, right? And Abigail is reminding David, hey, this is not who you are. This is not who you want to be. This is not who you want others thinking that you are, okay? She goes to great length to tell him what the Lord has done for him and what the Lord will continue to do for him. You do not want this on your conscience and you do not want this on the record 
of your reputation. So what is the this, right? Did you catch it? Shedding blood without cause and taking things out of the Lord's hands, right? Because when we want something, we want it right then, especially especially when it involves, you know, us being wronged in some way, okay? But again, Abigail, in her wisdom, is saying, this is not who you are. This is not who you want to be. Let me tell you, she's saying, let me tell you why you shouldn't do this, okay? It's only going to end badly for you, right? And it's not that he's going to lose, right? I mean, David said, I am not going to rest until, all, until Nabal and all of his men are no longer living. And I think if left unchecked, David would have done exactly that, right? If it were up to him. So it's not, she's not talking about, hey, you're going to lose this fight. No, you're going to damage, you're going to damage your reputation as a servant of the Lord. You're going to damage your reputation because think about David's, you know, like David's reputation preceded him. Okay. By this point, it was well known who David was, right? Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his ten thousands. You know, those songs rang out all over the region. David was no stranger really, to anybody. Once you heard the name David, you knew exactly who we were talking about. Abigail's reminding him, hey, this is not, this is not who you are. You don't want this on your reputation, okay? So the question that we talked about, you know, just a few minutes ago, do you have to have firsthand experience to have wisdom? Well, has Abigail ever experienced something like this before? Has she ever, did, I mean, had she ever said, oh, I've seen this before, okay? And this turned out badly, so now I know how. No. She just knew that she knew she knew who God was. She knew who David was. And she knew that what David was about to do was inconsistent with what she knew about the Lord. Right? So understanding that, being able to have that knowledge, but then being able to apply that knowledge, okay, helped her to realize and helped her to convince David that what he was about to do was inconsistent with his reputation as a servant of God and the plans that God had for him. And because of that, because of her efforts to diffuse that volatile situation, David relents and he realizes. Pick up with me in verse 32. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to me. Man, let us all, let us all have the wisdom and be people that can be useful to God in the application of his wisdom, right? Verse 33, and blessed is your advice and blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, Surely by morning light, no males would have been left to Nabal. Okay, so again, David had set out, David has made up his mind, or had made up his mind, that this is what he was going to do. Verse 35, so David received from her hand what she had brought him, and said to her, go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. There in verse 35, the ESV renders that, I have obeyed your voice and I have granted your petition. Okay, we might say, I recognize what you're saying. You're absolutely right, and I'm going. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to do that. Okay. So this 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 ability this ability of, of of Abigail to diffuse this situation, right, simply comes from knowing knowing what God's will was, seeing 
one of God's people act in a way that was incongruent with that, and then just reminding him, hey, this is, this is not who you are. This is not who you want to be, applying that knowledge, okay? So let's, uh, let's make sure we have some takeaways, okay? Let's wrap this up with some lessons learned from the wisdom of Abigail. Number one, firsthand experience is not required to know how a particular course of action is going to turn out, okay? Yes, again, we know that some experience okay, or some wisdom comes from experiencing things, and, and hopefully we're smart enough and humble enough to learn from our experiences and certainly to learn from our mistakes and things like that. But it's not having wisdom or gaining wisdom is not only done through firsthand experience. Okay. We have example after example after example of, and we have the tools that we don't have to learn the hard way. God has given us his word and we have multiple examples to model ourselves after to have a wisdom that will carry us through life and help us to be more faithful and more pleasing to God. So lesson number one, firsthand experience is not required to know how a particular course of action is going to turn out. Lesson number two, emotional reactions like the one David initially had are almost never the reaction that honors the Lord. Okay? And matter of fact, when we, when we do feel like our emotions are high... And we do feel, you know, offended by some kind of injustice and we want to react just like that, okay? That is especially when we need to wait, when we need to pause, when we need to seek counsel of someone that has the cooler head in that moment to give us the wisdom that we need that we might not be able to see because of how blinded we are with our, you know, from our emotions in that moment. Okay. So again, number two, emotional reactions like the one David initially had are almost never the reaction that honors the Lord. Lesson number three, wisdom. Wisdom comes from knowing the Lord and applying his will. And uh, no, I'm sorry, knowing the Lord and his will and applying that knowledge to any and every situation. We cannot do that, however, if we are not in the word. Okay? We cannot know God's will and be able to apply his wisdom if we are not spending time ingesting that wisdom through our own Bible study. We're not going to get it right. We're not going to get it right by accident all the time. Okay? And no one should, should base their life on just, well, I'm just going to wait and see what happens and I'll, I'll figure it out as I go. Right? God has provided everything we need. Again, as 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 are true, we're all scriptures given by inspiration of God, okay? That we can be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. If that's true, then we really have been given everything that we need, right? And number four, don't get in the Lord's way, right? We want to act and we want it right now, okay? We want to make things right. We want to fix things, Okay? We think we know exactly what's best for us, and if we think we know that, then why are we delaying? Okay? But notice, notice back in 1 Samuel 25, before we close, verse 39. So when David heard that Nabal was dead, right? So what has happened in between now is Abigail has returned. Okay? She goes back home. She finds Nabal just completely drunk. Right, probably from the, the, the feastings and the revelings and things like that. So she holds off on telling him what has happened until the next morning. When she tells him, the Bible says his heart turned like a stone. 
and was that way for, I think, about 10 days. And then finally, the Lord struck Nabal, and he was dead, right? Verse 39, so when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. Remember, there were two things that Abigail said you were going to be, that David was going to be guilty of. Two things that you don't want on your conscience or on your reputation. Shedding blood without cause and avenging yourself. In other words, taking, taking things out of the Lord's hands and taking it upon yourself. Okay? So our last takeaway from this account, don't get in the Lord's way. When someone is approaching you and tells you, you need to slow down, you need to think about this, you need to pray about this, you need to study about this, you need to take that wisdom seriously because that person has your best interests at heart. Just like Abigail was trying to keep David from ruining his reputation and hurting his conscience. Don't get in the Lord's way. Right? So we see this, and it's such, a, it's such a great, you know, and it's not a very long account, but it's so rich. You know, God is so good at just, at just developing the richness of his word in, in just a very short amount of time. And, and I hope that we all strive to be more like Abigail, okay? To be more patient, to be, to be able to just stop and look and kind of just read the room, as it were, and see... This is gonna. This is the. This is the decision that's gonna draw me closer to God, right? And I know, you know, I just said it in class this morning. I shared it with the, uh, you know, with the college group yesterday. The the West Huntsville youth hear me say it all the time, okay? But and you know, if you've if you've ever if you've ever been in this room while I've had the you know the opportunity and the, and the blessed opportunity to speak, you've heard me say this before. You will never regret a decision that draws you closer to God, right? You will absolutely live to regret the decision that draws you farther away from God. How do we know? How do we know? We study the word and we apply that knowledge and we use the wisdom that God has provided in his word to help us navigate those choices and those decisions when they present themselves. I really appreciate everybody being here. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, to be the one that gets to uh, that gets to speak tonight, uh, I'm always a little bit nervous uh, when I get to when I get to talk because it's uh, it's important um, and it's you know nothing is is more important than anything we do throughout the week than being able to assemble and and worship our God. I wonder if there is someone here this evening that has realized. I am not where I need to be. I am not who God needs me to be. I'm not who God wants me to be because I have not taken the steps that he has laid out in his New Testament to be one of his children, to be a New Testament baptized for the remission of sins Christian. If there's someone here this evening that has realized, I need to do that. I need to make things right. I need to apply the wisdom because if wisdom is being able to see how something is going to play out, well, let's play that all the way out to judgment. Let's play that all the way out to, de- out, out to judgment and determine where we're going to be when that, time, when that time comes. I hope everyone in this room has already played that out and has made that decision. If there's someone here that has not made the right decision to be prepared for the ultimate playing out of life, to be prepared on the day of judgment, then let's do that tonight. Okay? Confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repent of your sins, be baptized in water for the remission of those sins, be raised to walk in newness of life and knowing, knowing that you are living according to the wisdom of God's word. Or maybe there's someone that's done that and has realized they, they've got away. They've relied too much on their own wisdom 
and not relied enough on the wisdom of God, and they need to correct that, and they need to make sure that they are right with God. Okay, we're going to offer the Lord's invitation right now. If there's anyone that has any need, please come while we stand and while we sing. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.